and I'm sobbing and I'm so and demoralized. And Annie is like, you are going to get that buckle. You are going to finish this. And that was a moment I had this complete, like I am, there is nothing. I have nothing. I am, I am nothing. And it's like, from that place, this is where it gets spiritual. I realized how bad I wanted it. And I started sobbing for a different reason. Like I want this so bad. And so I started moving faster and I climbed that hill. I didn't stop once up the hill. And then I got to the top of the hill and Annie said to me, Sherry, and she might've just been lying to me and telling me this to to motivate me. (laughs) She said, Sherry, you are the best downhill runner I've ever met. And you're going to run the next six miles until the finish. Running a hundred miles seems impossible and maybe even kind of crazy. And it is, but we believe in big crazy dreams. That's why we ran a hundred miles. It was such a life-changing experience for us, we decided to devote this podcast to preparing and inspiring you to run your first ultra race. Are you ready to feel the highest highs and the lowest lows? Are you ready to do what you once thought was impossible? Are you ready for your trail to 100? Welcome to Trail to 100. I am very excited about who we have on the podcast today. Now, today we brought on Sherry Shepard. Now, Sherry is a single mom of five amazing children who are ages ranging from ages 20 all the way down to eight years old. She has ran 24 road marathons and then after doing that, she decided to switch to the trails and she is now the finisher of a few 50Ks, a virtual 50-miler, the Squaw Peak 50-miler, and just two weeks ago, she finished the Bear 100-mile race in Logan, Utah. Um, But she also likes to run for fun. She's an ultra-adventurer. She's done the Grand Canyon rim-to-rim, and she's also done the Teton circumnavigation, two things that I myself haven't really even looked into um, and sounds amazing though. Um, she is a running coach. She is a life coach. Sherry is also a professional piano player. She has released uh, a couple of albums as well as some singles. Um, her newest single, Believe Harder. Uh, another another one of her album is called Solitude. You can find them on Spotify or Apple Music. We had a great conversation with her. Um, we talked about, uh, we really dove into her first 100-mile run. We, she nearly missed the cutoffs. I won't, I'm trying not to spoil too much for you guys, but... But she had definitely had some mental blocks that she had to break through and what she deems is one of her most spiritual experiences that she's ever had happened on her first 100-mile run to where she was able to run the last six miles. So you'll learn more about how she broke through that that barrier. And we dove into the mindset needed to run these ultras. Her thoughts, she has very unique thoughts on nutrition and how to keep your body healthy and happy through training and racing. So enjoy this episode, guys. Thank you for joining us here on Trail to 100. I'm Jacob Bateman. Joined along with me is my beautiful and lovely wife, Melody. Hello. And join along with us today, as you already heard, we have the wonderful, the 
the legend, Sherry Shepard, the piano runner. How are you? I'm great. How are you? We are doing good. We're doing good. We are excited to, to pick your mind and learn more about uh, ultra running as you, you have a lot of experience in just running in general. And uh, I definitely uh, feel unworthy to, <laughs> <laughs> as I heard your credentials. <laughs> Anyways, so let's just get, get d- diving into it. Um, how did you, first off, how did you just get running in the first place um, before we get to the ultra running? Um, I'll, I'll try to make it quick. I had just had my third baby and I had postpartum depression pretty bad with my first three babies. And, and I didn't know that running had mental effects. I just was trying to lose baby weight. So I started running and I would push my three babies in a double stroller around the track at the park. And when my baby was four months old, I decided on a whim, I signed up for a 5k the morning of the race. It took me my, my finish time was actually slower than my 10 K PR, <laughs> <laughs> but I had no, I, I was so happy. I have, I like, I remember crossing that finish line and just, I've never experienced that feeling that, and it was obviously that runner's high, that endorphin. Uh-huh. And it just like, I was addicted from that moment. It just made me so happy. And I realized like, this is a cure for my postpartum depression. I just felt so good. And so I talk about how running kind of literally saved my life because, because I found my joy that's and that awesome. was the beginning. <laughs> that's I, so cool. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's, I feel like that's similar with me with running. It, it, it just, I, well, even just, I notice when I get away from running I'm in more depressed mood, I'm just not as, not as happy, you know, not mm-hmm. as joyful with what's going on. Um, that's, that's really awesome. It's the natural antidepressant for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Release some good endorphins. Yeah. So you started, so you said you were a road runner then, and Mm -hmm. you got into the marathon distance. Yeah. So I, from that time, that was back in 2005 and I ran my first marathon in 2008. So I took some time to build up and I, um, I ran my first half marathon in January, 2008 and I crossed the finish line and I was like, well, I could keep going. I felt good. Yeah. <laughs> so I decided to sign up for the Ogden marathon in May and that was my first marathon. And then that year I ran four marathons that year. I got a little hooked. <laughs> Whoa. And I, that's and that's awesome. when I realized I'm like, I'm a distance runner. I had no idea. Like I was built for this. And, um, and just over the years, I, I just kept doing it. So there were a lot, there are a lot of marathons. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. And what'd you say? A total of 24 I think it's 24. I kind of lost track somewhere around My there. Goodness. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And then you found you, it seems like you found some friends and you guys have started this business together, the marathon mm-hmm. mind, right? Yes. So how did yes. that come to be? So I, um, I, my story about, uh, qualifying for Boston, mm-hmm. I re my sister and I signed up for a race for the St. George marathon and she beat me. And I, that was her first marathon and it was like my fifth or sixth, seventh, I can't remember. <laughs> and I was really bugged. So I decided I was going to um, try to qualify for Boston. And in that process of deciding I was going to qualify, I went to, I, I'm trying to, Corbin Talley, who used to coach for Davis High, had these Davis High track nights for adults. Mm-hmm. And I decided to show up. And 
there was this really cute, tall, dark haired girl named Carrie <laughs> who was there at track night. And she knew who I was because I had beat her, um, in the snow Canyon half marathon. So she had looked at like the results and seen my name and saw that I had beat her. So, so she started talking to me and we were like instant friends at that one track night. And so I started running with her group. And meanwhile, I was also had just started running with, um, this girl named Cammy. It was like a Facebook blind running date <laughs> with, with my friend Cammy, and we had been running together. So I invited her to come run. And then Carrie and Emily had been running together. They were neighbors. And so for a few years, we all just were basically training for the same. We we're trying to qualify for Boston. Uh-huh. Um, Cammy had already um, qualified because she was speedy, but the, the rest of us were trying to qualify for our first Boston qualifier. And, um, and I, I, um, ended up running Boston in 2015 and, um, and we just kept running together and the group kind of grew. And then we discovered the life coach school podcast and started (laughs) and started kind of really thinking and working and, um, exploring thought work. And I actually just graduated from the life coach school this week as a oh, life coach. Congrats. Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. But Carrie is the mastermind of the marathon mind. She came up with this idea back in 2018 where she wanted to basically do like the, a lot of running coaches just give you the schedule and we wanted to provide mental coaching for runners. So basically kind of have that life coaching approach as we're coaching, um, our, our runners, our athletes. And so that's what we do. We do brain training, um, and running coaching. And, and I, as a, I have a past of his, uh, history of personal training, I'm a certified personal trainer. So I have a strength program that I've written for our athletes that goes along with the, the running program. And, you know, so we love it. <laughs> That's awesome. It sounds like you found a good balance with everybody's skills. You're able to mm-hmm. kind of pull all together and, and build this awesome program. Yeah. That's super cool. How long have you done that for? We, we launched in November of 2018. So a couple of years. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's super cool. So let's get to your ultra running days. That's what I'm excited to (laughs) hear. So why, why did you move on from the road marathons and into the trails and into the ultras? Well, I, I'm not a jump in the deep end kind of person. I, as you can tell, like I kind of ease into things. And so, which, which is really interesting because you'd think my personality would be the opposite, but I, I I'm um, actually kind of surprised. I, (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) I'm very, I'm very intentional. Um, (laughs) I, I actually did both for a few years and what started, what gave me the idea that I could do ultra running Cause I was a, I was a runner and then moving into like trying to be fast, a fast runner and a competitive runner. I did that for a few years. I joined the Utah running racing team. And I, so the idea of running longer than a marathon, I thought there's no way that would be hard. Like that would hurt, <laughs> you know, yeah. but my friend Lisa was running the, um, the Antelope Island 50 miler and she needed a pacer. So, and I had done, you know, I'll go up on the shoreline and I'll run on the shoreline. And of course I'm running like 
eight minute miles because that's, that's my pace. Right. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you're allowed to slow down, you know? Yeah. So I went and paced her and I ran the last 18 or so miles with her on, on her 50 miler. And that's when I discovered, I'm like, Oh, you get to hike some, you get to walk, you get to stop and eat like sandwiches. And you know, I'm like, this is okay. <laughs> and that was like the moment where I was like, maybe I could do this. And that was in March of, uh, 2016. And so I signed up for the, the Buffalo fall classic, that Antelope Island fall classic, um, 50 K that year in November, that was my first 50 K in 2016. And then, but I kept doing competitive marathon running until I think 2018 was my last marathon. Um, and in that time, 2018, I started to, to really get more into trail running 2017, 20, I don't know, like somewhere after that 50 K, but I was still road running mostly. Mm -hmm. And I just started to really fall in love with the mountain, you know? And then meanwhile, I'm doing all this competitive running and, you know, things in my marriage started to crumble around that time. And I, um, I got burned out and I decided that I needed a break from hard training. So I decided to just, I'm just going to not have any races and I'm just going to go to the mountain and heal my heart and, um, and just, you know, get to know myself and not have all this pressure. And I, it was just so healing for me. And, um, and then of course I made different friends, new friends that were in the trail running world. And, um, I'm trying to remember even which race I did next. I don't even remember because <laughs> I did, I did a lot of those like ultra running adventure runs, um, that, you know, that weren't races, just, you know, fun runs, mm-hmm. um, with, with friends, with the groups of friends. And, and I think I had a group of friends signing up for, a 50 K here or, or there, or whatever. And, mm-hmm. um, and I paced some friends in their hundreds. And I just started to really realize how the community of ultra runners, like what amazingly good people they are and genuine yes. and accepting. And like every single person I've met that's an ultra runner has gone through some really hard stuff and they're just real authentic, good people. So I just, oh I just, kind of fell in love with the community and the sport and here I am. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. I love it. When you, when you're telling your story and you're talking about how you, you went to go pace your friend at Antelope, I was like, Oh, that's, that's how you get hooked in is you go to a race. Mm-hmm. You just have to be there. You volunteer, just, you pace and you're in that environment. And how can you ever leave that environment? It's mm-hmm. just phenomenal. Like you yeah. said, the the people, just the feelings there, everyone's just so humble and happy and it just is amazing. So yeah, that's, yeah. Awesome. You don't, you don't even have to be racing. All you need, just being there, just like being yeah. a crew, like just yeah. manning an aid station, like anything, like being part of an ultra race is, is there's nothing like it. Like, yeah. uh, so, so, you know, me and Melody, we're, we're very new to the ultra world yeah. still just did our first 50 miler two years ago. And we kind of like, we're the opposite approach of you. We just dove right in and we'd never <laughs> even been to an ultra race yeah, we, before. We <laughs> just did first. it. That's awesome. And, <laughs> and, and so we just, we just ran everything first. And then this year we've kind of stepped back and we've, we've been pacing and volunteering, um, at some of the races and, 
it has just made my made me fall so much more deeper in love with the sport like we were volunteering at the Wasatch 100 and just seeing families rally around people, friends rally, just everybody just come together and just try strangers to help someone. Helping strangers. Yeah. Yes. yeah, absolutely. Yes. Oh my it's, gosh. it's incredible. Agreed. It's like almost, it's almost spiritual. I feel like we've, we've oh, had so many spiritual yeah. experiences. So it? spiritual. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It is. Oh, I love it. So rewind on on that first 50k i'm just curious was it that first 50k on the trail was it harder than expected did it go you know pretty good like what what was that like going past the marathon distance for the first time um it was probably my fastest 50k i'll ever run (laughs) 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 i have never run anywhere near that fast ever since um, but you know, the Antelope Island 50 K is pretty runnable. Like the terrain is pretty runnable. Um, but I was coming at it from a marathoner's viewpoint. So I ran, uh-huh. I, I don't know what percentage, but I ran a lot, a lot, okay. most of the race and most ultras that, that I've done since then I hike quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, um, I run and hike and don't put a lot of pressure on myself as far as pace goes, but that race I did. And, um, and it was at the end, I remember that my now ex-husband, he came to the finish line and he was used to seeing me. Like, I have this thing where I like to sprint into the finish line. There's a finish line. I'm going to go for it. And he was used to seeing me do that at a marathon. And he saw me at the end of the, the 50 K and he's like, well, go, go past these guys. And I'm like, I can't, this is as fast as I can go. <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is all I've got. And, um, you know, but it's, it was different, you know, it was, but there was something about it. It was just, it just felt good. And, um, and it was very humbling because I couldn't, I couldn't pace it. Like I do a road race, you know? Yeah. So no negative split. (laughs) They're two different sports, aren't they? It really is. Like, honestly, I always tell people it's like the difference between football and baseball. Like they're just totally different. Mm -hmm. Yes. I totally agree with that. And how did your body feel after pushing it that hard on a 50 K? I was so hungry. <laughs> oh my gosh. I bet. And you know, I was actually surprised my, my body, like I don't get sore, like marathon sore. If you guys have run marathons, you kind of know what I'm talking about. You get that like restless leg feeling and your muscles are sore and you're doing like that zombie walk. Yeah. I remember going to the airport after running Boston and, and like giving nodding, knowing smiles to everybody who's like wobbling. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't get sore like that after an ultra. Um, it's, it's, I'm more fatigued, you know, it's more like full body, mind, body, spirit fatigue. (laughs) And it's times a million after doing a hundred. I now know, (laughs) um, but I was, I remember finishing that and I was so hungry. I remember I could not get enough food in my body. I was, and I was really tired after that race. Man, isn't that kind of an awesome feeling though? Like I love that Mm -hmm. feeling of being so tired and so hungry. And then you just like veg out on the couch and you eat all the brownies and you're like, I totally (laughs) deserve this right now. Yes. You know, what's (laughs) funny is I was, I was craving like vegetable beef soup. And (laughs) I like, I was like on the hunt. I went to like, I can't remember what restaurant I went to, but I was like, do you have vegetables? It was very specific. (laughs) I made it. (laughs) Yeah, and that's funny. And it's crazy how your body just knows what it needs, right? Uh-huh. Yes. 
that's a whole other podcast topic. (laughs) Oh yeah. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get to the big dog. So you just ran your first hundred mile race. I did. We want to hear all about that. What was it like? Tell us about the highs, the lows, the preparation. Oh boy. Well, and it was kind of, it sounds terrible, but it's kind of on a whim. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Because I, I put in for the bear like thinking I'm number, I'm sorry, my dog. Um, I'm number 300 and something, 350 something on the waiting list. There's no way I'm getting in. I'm just, it was, I had just finalized my divorce and I, I had been doing so much. I mean like running and then with COVID I've been running a lot. I put in a lot of miles, a lot of vert, a lot of time on the trail. And, and I thought this is my year if I'm ever going to do a hundred miles, this is my year because I've spent so much time using running in mountains to heal, heal myself. And, um, so I put in and then for like five months, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to get in. <laughs> and if I do, it was actually ha- ended up being on my daughter's birthday. And so I had told myself, if I get in, I'm going to decline it because I'm not prepared. I'm not, I'm not trained enough. I just did this 50 miles, but that was three months ago. And, um, so I had decided I wasn't going to do it, but I got the email. And at the moment I got the email, I knew, <laughs> I knew, you know, <laughs> um, there's no way my heart would let me not, um, oh. not do it. So yeah. oh my gosh, my dog, I'm sorry. He's, oh, it's, it's all okay. good. <laughs> um, and, and so I signed up that was three weeks before the race. So, so technically I, it was still back in the back of my mind, but technically I registered three weeks before the race. And so I scrambled, um, I was worried about pacers, but I have three really close girlfriends who I train with quite a bit and (laughs) they all stepped up and that they were my crew and my pacers. And, um, and so the funny thing is the week before the race, um, and my, as far as training goes, I don't know. I like, I literally did not follow a training plan. And as a, as a running coach, I know that sounds really counterintuitive, <laughs> but I am, that's kind of my personality. I'm not really a schedule person. Yeah. Um, I just, I, so I basically, I train for time mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's really like as a mom and this kind of sort of, you mentioned like balancing things and this is kind of how I balanced it whatever, you know, day it is. Like if I have my kids or if they're with their dad, then I have more time. I don't have to get them to school so I can run a little bit longer. I can run more time, more hours or whatever. I always usually start between five 30 and six in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just go for whatever time and then weekends I have more time. So back to back long runs. Um, yeah, just, just running a lot. <laughs> So like, uh, how many miles do you think you were putting on a week on average? Um, I think I peaked at about 75. My base was about 50 miles a week. So I was somewhere between 50 and 75 miles a week. Um, which I think, you know, maybe if I had put in more miles, maybe I could have done it faster, but that was just where I was at. That's just what I, I, I pretty much keep my base between 45 and 50 miles all year long. So, okay. Okay. so I didn't have to push too much more than what I normally do. So yeah, that's a super solid base. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's really interesting that 
you mentioned that you don't really follow a plan. I feel like that's kind of been a theme lately. We've been interviewing other people and just, um, we've had some experiences like I've always trained with my heart rate religiously and that's kind of backfired on me this year. And my fitness has kind mm-hmm. of declined because of it. And we're just kind of learning with ultra runners. It really comes down to listening to your body. Like Absolutely. everybody we've talked to so far says that they train intuitively. And yes. I think that's perceived like, exertion. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. And one more question about the training. So you, you were doing back-to-backs, you did some back-to-back long runs, you were saying, um, what did that look like? Uh, like mileage or time, like what, and how you felt like, and how often were you doing that? Um, okay. Well, I mean, (laughs) I would get an idea like, huh, I think I'm going to go do temp today. And then somebody would text me later after I'd done temp and say, oh, we're going to do Lone Peak tomorrow. I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. And that's literally how <laughs> I schedule my training runs. Like, oh, that sounds fun. Ooh, I want to go there. That's it. like 880. <laughs> um, all right. All right. Okay. You're like, yeah, it'll be good for my training. So yeah. That's Oh, like- how much bird is that? 10,000 feet. Okay. I'm good. Let's do it. <laughs> sure. sounds fun. I love it. Man, that's, that is- that's my training plan. That's how you live life. I love that. Okay. Another question. We're kind of in this, I kind of want to, since we're kind of on this topic, kind of pick your brain a little bit more about your training. I'm just curious as a coach, do you have a coach yourself? Technically? Um, no, but I have used my partners at the marathon mind a lot. Um, as my coaches, they've given me advice. I've gone Mm -hmm. to them with questions. I have, a lot of friends who have, um, done this before who mm-hmm. I, I ask, I get wisdom from my friend. Annie has, has been an ultra. She, I call her my ultra queen. She, um, she just knows her stuff and she gives me a lot of advice. And so I did not hire a coach, but I have a lot of people that I ask you have for consultants. help. I have consultants. Yes. I have okay. a team of consultants. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. I feel like ultra running, it's it's definitely not something you can do alone. Right. So that's great that you, you have your consultants. Um, <laughs> what about your nutrition? I know when we were talking on the phone the other day, you said that you've never really struggled with gut problems. You just kind of eat right. whatever you want to eat. Right. Do you have right. any kind of strategy at all? Yes. I eat everything. <laughs> I like that. Strategy. That is, I, I kind of joke <laughs> that eating is my superpower. Um, <laughs> because I, and really what it boils down to is, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe I discovered intuitive eating Uh and it became my Bible. Like it just like from coming from a background of, you know, fitness and personal training and gym, the gym scene and like Mm -hmm. chronic dieting. And, you know, I was one of those people who like would do like the little challenges for 12 weeks or whatever, you know, and Mm -hmm. I discovered intuitive eating. I read the book and it just clicked for me. And so I've been intuitive. I've been eating intuitively for about a decade mm-hmm. and, and it has really, really served me in my emotional well-being with food, in my mm-hmm. relationship with food emotionally and, um, and with the way my body responds. Like I absolutely eat to fuel my body. Mm-hmm. I don't earn, I, I didn't, I don't earn my food. And I don't 
have to burn off my food, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, and so I just like what, what I eat, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, maybe it sounds crazy, but my body and I, we have conversations <laughs> totally. and, and, you know, my body is my friend and I have to, I have to ask her like, okay, what do you think about this? You know? Yeah. And, and she'll say, well, that ice cream, you're going to, it's going to taste good, but it's not going to feel very good. And so I, and I do, I have those kinds of, I have those conversations with my body a lot. And, um, but I don't cut out anything. If I want ice cream, I'll have ice cream. And usually I am able to stop where I want to stop when I'm sated and not like overfull. And, um, when I'm hungry, I eat and, you know, and so it's just really about paying attention and listening to my body. And I think the reason I'm able to keep food down while I'm running is because I, I don't have food groups that I cut out. I eat junk food. I eat fast food. I, I don't drink a lot of soda, but I definitely, definitely, um, probably for sure have a caffeine addiction, (laughs) 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 Um, but, um, but I just, I think training your gut is a really important part of training for a race, for any race, whether it's a marathon or an ultra. And I practice what I'm going to eat and I practice eating while I'm running. I eat and I, I like, I like real food. I don't do gels. Um, I don't, I will do like the little fruit strip things. Um, mm-hmm. and like the waffles, like the honey stinger waffles, mm-hmm. but oh, I don't do favorites. a lot of the, the fake, like the gels or the chews or things like that because okay. they're gross. <laughs> oh, they I'm, are I'm, gross. We are right there with you. I don't know why they're so popular. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't, yeah. I can't get the gels. No, I eat real. And, and, during a race, like I use the eight stations, like, I don't know, I probably ate 20 quesadillas during the bear. And yes, one yes. eight station had little Caesars pizza and they were grilling it on the little camp <sighs> stove. And nothing has ever tasted so delicious in my entire life. <laughs> and, and I think it's because, but I eat pizza all the time. And there's nothing yes. on that eight station table that I like a handful of M&Ms, a little swallow of Coke. I, I eat it all. And so it's not new to my stomach. And so I think that's part of it is that I just don't, I don't cut out. I just eat and I stop when I'm not hungry anymore. (laughs) So did you like, when you were planning nutrition for your hundred mile, um, the bear 100, uh, were you just like, well, just, you know, grab this, this, and this for my crew to bring around. And then I'll just eat what's on the aid station tables. Mm -hmm. Is that your plan? Um, my plan. Oh, I have a plan. Um, I, I eat every hour on the hour. Okay. okay. And, and I tell my patients and my crew when, when I get to that place where I, I don't know what month it is anymore, <laughs> you've got to tell me it's been an hour. It's time to eat. Mm-hmm. And if I say, I don't feel like eating force feed me. And I, and that's so why I made a plan that way to tell my pacers, like, you know, I'm going to get to that place where I don't feel like eating. You've got to make me eat anyway. And don't yeah. ask me what I want. I don't know. Just shove it in my face. Yeah. So we kind of had a plan that way. So every hour for 35 hours, I ate every hour. Um, and then with, Ooh. with, um, hydration and electrolyte, I, I have one flask with water and one flask with electrolyte and I drink as needed, but I tried to drink at least every 20 minutes and I would alternate water and electrolyte every okay. time. I and so, yes, I had, I had a pretty specific plan on how often. And then what I eat, I usually try to alternate between salty and sweet. 
okay. So, so I don't get sick of it mostly. And I want to make sure I'm getting enough salt and not enough electrolyte, but the, but the sugars help with the energy. So yeah, yeah. I'm intentional about what I'm eating, Okay. but I'm also, I also plan to use the aid station. So I don't have to carry very much. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, so you'd eat every hour and would it just be like, okay, a handful of M&Ms, a handful of chips, um, half a quesadilla, like kind of along those lines. Um, when I, when I was in between aid stations, I had like those fruit strips. I can't remember the brand, but you, you know, I'm talking about, there's a lot of different brands. Yeah. Um, fruit strips. I had like nuts in my pack. I had, you know, pretzels, like little things that I would carry, you know, uh-huh. trail, trail food, but I would eat more at the aid stations. I would load up in okay. my belly. Um, so and I would eat, eat, I would eat like a meal at the aid stations. Cause they're every, mm-hmm. I don't know, six to eight. 10 miles or whatever. And so yeah, it'd be a couple of hours. And so I'd eat usually once or twice in between these stations, just the little like 50 calories, hundred calories, and then mm. load up 250, 300 calories in between. So, okay. During the race, during the, um, aid stations. So that makes sense. That's really helpful. Yeah. I think that's the number one issue that ultra runners run into, especially mm-hmm. beginner ultra runners, because nutrition mm-hmm. is a whole new part of running that you don't have to think about as much on marathons and and shorter distances. So, Uh and that's awesome that you have that superpower of (laughs) (laughs) gut issues. That's super helpful as an ultra runner. Yes. I I'm not going to complain about that (laughs) (laughs) for sure. So rewind, rewind a bit here. Then it's the night before the bear 100. How are you feeling? I, I remember texting my friend and saying, I feel surprisingly calm. I was, I was calm. I was excited. I think I was just ready. And I think part of that was, um, I had, I went into the, to the start of the race with the attitude that an ultra is so unpredictable you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen with your body or your gut or your mind or the course, whether there's so many variables. And so my mantra for the race was, I am going to have exactly the experience I'm supposed to have. And whatever that meant, maybe I won't finish. Maybe I'll barely make the cutoff, which is what happened. (laughs) You know, maybe, maybe I'll finish in 30 hours. You know, I mean, I was, I knew I wasn't going to do that because I didn't train for that. (laughs) Um, you know, I just, I just knew that I just had a lot of peace that whatever happened was exactly the experience I was meant to have. And I just decided, you know, I really like, I really held on to that for a lot, a lot of that race. So that's, that's awesome. Um, you really have done your brain training. Yeah. Like (laughs) when me, like me and Melody, when we, we did a self-supported hundred last year and, um, the night before, you know, we, we hadn't ever done hundred miles, you know, 50 miles have been the furthest we'd ever gone before that. And I, I was so focused on, I better finish that the night before I, 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 I actually told Melody, I was like, the anxiety that I feel right now is similar to the anxiety I had right before I got married. <laughs> it was just like, also it's like, you know, I'm doing something that, you know, I want to do, but it's a commitment. You're committing. To yes. Like, I don't know what exactly I'm all in for here, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Yeah. But both, both turned out good, luckily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good answers. <laughs> well, and I think I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to to perform a certain way. And yeah. I think with ultra running, like I said, there's so much so much unpredictability. And sometimes the course just wins. You know, yeah. and sometimes yeah. it just, you know, sometimes your body doesn't react the way you expect it to. And you think you're well-trained, you think, you know, and maybe you are, and you're perfectly trained, but like something happens, like you fall. Like I broke my thumb on the course because I fell yeah. of you all did? things for me to, for me to injure. I have a broken thumb. Uh, oh, <laughs> so, my gosh, so random. oh, I just tripped in the middle of the night on a rock. It was quite undramatic and, uh, you know, it's very oh, wow. funny. <laughs> I bent my thumb back on the, on the ground. Um, the the most dramatic thing was that my taster got charged by a cow. She's going to love that. I'm sharing that story. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. That's so scary. (laughs) She got charged by a cow and, and, uh, we talked about it for 20 miles. <laughs> did, did the, did the cow make contact or yes. I hope yeah, not. Yes. The cow full on lifted her up and, you know, but headbutted her. And then what? she fell. Oh, are you kidding me? It was terrifying. Yes. This is, this is the most dramatic thing that anybody's ever experienced on the bear 100. <laughs> I'm she sure okay? of it. She's okay. I think she was more sore than I was after the race oh. for sure. No way. Um, and it was very terrifying. And her husband was also <laughs> running the hundred and he, the three of us were running together at the time. And he and the rancher who was driving the cattle, uh-huh. um, had some words that was, that was very entertaining. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> what? Like words that like, the, was he angry or something? The, the rancher was n- not pleasant. He, okay. he thought we shouldn't be, why are you on the trail? I'm trying to, I'm toning it down here. <laughs> Yeah. But, um, Gosh. yeah, he, he was not very apologetic about, but they were driving the cattle up the trail that all these runners were on at mile 47 and, what? and that happened. And, and then you guys, that's yes, so yes, oh my I know gosh. I'm now I'm outing, I'm outing these rancher guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so luckily nobody got trampled. She just got headbutted and, you know, knocked oh. on her butt and then, <sighs> It was, she was hurting, but she was fine. So she finished facing, you know, till right hand fork, <laughs> I think is where, where did, I can't remember now. Franklin, Franklin Basin is where she stopped running with me, but, um, she, uh, yeah, that we, it got, it got funnier and funnier and funnier as the night we're on. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That's that, that, that is a, that's a story. That's a memory <laughs> yes, for you right yeah, there. That's, that's what happens when you run hundred miles. You always have good stories to tell. Oh yeah. <laughs> so was there ever a point when you were running the hundred that you had doubts that you were going to finish or anything like that? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, it's actually my favorite part of the race was I, um, I got to a place after it was interesting. I kind of went dark after the sun came up and it was hotter and I was behind schedule and I, I kept, I was doing the math. I do. That's something I do in my head. I do like story problems in my head. My mother was a math teacher. (laughs) Um, And so I start thinking about, okay, how long is it going to, what pace do I need to do to finish? How long is it going to take me to finish? And I'm behind, I'm behind my cutoffs. I'm behind like my projected times. And I started to really, um, ruminate about that. And I started to really, um, 
worry that I'm, I'm going to miss the cutoff. I'm, I'm not going to make it. And what that did to me was I slowed down and I got to a place about mile 85 or so after the, um, I'm trying to remember the, the Cottonwood campground, the last aid station before Frank, uh, I'm trying to remember names now because my brain is fried. <laughs> Ranger dip before mile 92, but Ranger dip, um, in between those two aid stations, it just got really, I got really dark and I started to tell myself, I'm not going to make it. I, I have nothing left to give. I'm, I'm literally moving 30 minute miles and I can't speak. I'm barely whispering. I'm barely shuffling my feet. I have nothing left. I can't, I'm not going to do this. Like I'm going to time out at Ranger dip mm-hmm. at mile 92. And I got into the aid station and my bless my pacer's heart. She was so kind and so patient. She's like, do you want to try running? And I was very, very ornery, <laughs> responsive, <laughs> catatonic. I don't know. Um, and I got, I got towards the aid station and I, my siblings came up and surprised me at one of the aid stations, in the middle of the night. And they were there again at, at that aid station. And I saw them and I'm bawling and I'm sobbing and I'm so dejected and I'm just so depleted and I have nothing left. And, and my pacer, Annie, she was going to pace me those last eight miles. She came out and met me on the trail and she just took charge and was really bossy. And she took my pack off me. She went and filled my waters and she said, you are not stopping at this aid station. You are walking straight through it. And it's funny to hear uh, people that were tracking me. Like I literally like spent no time at that aid station. Like I literally walked like one minute. Um, she put my pack back on me, shoved what, I don't even know what food in my face. I ate it. (laughs) And, um, and then we kept going and at mile 93 or like right after that aid station is the biggest hill of the entire race. It's a thousand feet of elevation gain in, oh, in a mile that's rude. and I know rude, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, and I'm sobbing and I'm so and demoralized. And Annie is like, you are going to get that buckle. You are going to finish this. And that was a moment I had this complete, like I am, there is nothing. I have nothing. I am, I am nothing. And it's like, from that place, this is where it gets spiritual. I realized how bad I wanted it. And I started sobbing for a different reason. Like I want this so bad. And so I started moving faster and I climbed that hill. I didn't stop once up the hill. And then I got to the top of the hill and Annie said to me, Sherry, and she might've just been lying to me and telling me this to to motivate me. (laughs) She said, Sherry, you are the best downhill runner I've ever met. And you're going to run the next six miles until the finish. And I'd been hiking 30 minute miles for hours and hours and hours. And I did, I ran the last six miles of hundred of the hundred miles starting wow. at mile three because I wanted it so bad. And so I was like, not going to make the cutoff. I was going to time out and I ended up finishing 36 minutes <laughs> before the cutoff. Wow. And I felt like I was going marathon Gosh. effort, like seven minute miles. I was really going like 13 minute miles. <laughs> but I, I did, I ran that full last six miles and, um, I have never felt like I earned a finish more (laughs) in my entire life. Like, and I think the thing, the takeaway for me, I actually wrote a post about this the other day that our bodies are so amazing. Our bodies are created to do this, these incredible things. And if we think we, our body can't push anymore, it can there's always another corner. Yeah. There's always a little bit more left in the tank. It's incredible when we decide to believe in ourselves, what our bodies can do to respond. Yeah. 
Oh my and gosh. that was my experience. So Sherry, amen. I'm like feeling emotional <laughs> right now. I know. Oh, trust me. There's been a lot of tears. Oh, I bet <laughs> that gave me chills. That's amazing. It really is. I always think of David Goggins and how he says mm-hmm. that when you feel like you've given it all you have, he said, you've only gone 40%. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it really is amazing what, what our bodies can do. It, it really, I think ultra running is 99% your mind. Yes. And the other 1% is mental. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. Yeah. There, there might be a little physical. I really just, I just really absolutely believe that our bodies are, would they respond to us, to our minds and yeah. it's where your mind, you know, that's why I became a life coach is because our minds are so powerful and all we have to do is convince our minds and our bodies are like, okay, sister, we got this. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. You know, it's beautiful. Yeah. And this is kind of backtracking. This is how my mind works. I'm kind of all over the place, but, um, kind of talking about our mind and our body, you mentioned earlier how you have conversations with your body. And Mm -hmm. I just want to say that I don't think that's crazy. I think that's (laughs) awesome. And it just makes sense because, especially as a runner, because when you're running, it's just you and your body for hours and hours and hours. Mm -hmm. And when you spend so much time with your body, I feel like you do learn how to communicate with it and you you learn what it needs and what it doesn't need. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. And there's something really powerful about getting to that place of discomfort and beyond discomfort, but just like depletion Mm -hmm. and, and your body is just responding. And you're like, it's, it's powerful to realize like this body like it, sometimes I think of it as another person. And I think that's one of the reasons why maybe I, I said, I think it's crazy is because it's like, <laughs> here's this friend of mine that I live inside <laughs> and, and she's, she loves me so much. And all I have to do is love her and she'll, she'll do anything for me, you know? And, and I think, you know, as a trainer, as a coach, as, um, as a person, you know, like we, we think like, oh, I feel there's so much resistance against our bodies. Like I'm, I wish my body would change. I wish, you know, I I'll be happy when my body looks like this or weighs this or whatever. And I feel like all we have to do is give love and our bodies will so show up for us. If we, if we just love, love ourselves. So I just, it's, it's just so powerful to me and spiritual. Yeah. And I feel like ways you can love your body is by thinking positively, taking Mm -hmm. care of it, you know, sleeping enough, eating what it asks you to eat, um, and loving it how it is right now and not wishing that it was something different. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I think that's huge in the athlete world. I'm so passionate about this. I think that's (laughs) world because it's so, it's so easy to compare yourself to other athletes and other bodies Mm -hmm. and Oh, they're, they're probably faster because they're built this way or they look better. And, and honestly, I mean, you're surrounded by like beautiful half naked bodies all the time. You know, how do you not compare your body to other people's? Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I feel like God gave us our bodies for a reason and, and it's about kind of finding our strengths and, and like you said, loving, loving your body. So I love that. Exactly. I love that. So, uh, recovery real quickly, oh, yeah. you finished the oh, hundred. How, how was recovery? Um, I, I rode a hike for several days. And so 
I probably wasn't very smart. I, I mean, I, I haven't run a ton. I mostly have hiked since the race, but I felt amazing. My feet hurt like crazy. My feet were not okay. Um, but two days later they were fine. But that, you know, that first 24 hours was a little rough (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I was just really, really hungry, but I, I didn't get sore muscles. Um, but I, you know, I just kind of went throughout my week. I had, you know, my dad actually ended up in the hospital on the Wednesday after I finished. And, and so that kind of pushed me probably more into that mental fatigue because yeah. I, um, I was worried about him and he's fine. He's okay. But it was, it was a little scary for a couple of days. And, and then, so emotionally, I think everything caught up to me emotionally, mentally, physically, just last Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Mm -hmm. And I've been super tired, just like my, I don't have that sore. My muscles aren't sore. My muscles are, are fine. You know, my feet are okay. You know, but I'm just really tired. (laughs) No, I, uh, I, I feel you when we, yeah. we did our hundred last year, it was, I was actually really similar. My body bounced back pretty quickly, but mm-hmm. yeah, mentally I was just so fatigued. It just yeah. felt like I couldn't ever get enough sleep. And yes, I feel I'm yeah. stupid right now is, I mean, like, it's <laughs> like total, literally, like, I have no idea what the date is. I don't know. Like what month is it? I don't know what day of the week I, is it garbage day today? Do I need to, you know, I have, <laughs> Am I, which, which of my clients do I have to meet today? What time? I don't know (laughs) because, because just mental, like I, I literally cannot remember, like my memory is terrible emotionally. I, um, I, I made the mistake of going to see dear Evan Hansen over the weekend and my kids were teasing me because I sobbed. I sobbed. I'm like, emotionally, I'm just like right on the cusp of crying. (laughs) It was so emotional. Um, and then just like, And physical fatigue, I actually feel okay. Like I'm tired, but it is definitely more emotional and mental fatigue for sure. And so I'm just trying to be really mindful. I was so, my body is so used to waking up early that it's been a struggle trying to get enough sleep because I'll go to bed early and I'll intend to sleep in. And my body's like (laughs) 5am, here I am Um, every day. And so today I slept until like almost 730 and I'm like, yes, (laughs) finally. (laughs) Woohoo success. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I think it just takes a lot of intentionality and making sure that you take it easy. Um, the, the thing about the emotional fatigue is that I, my tendency is to want to go running like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sad. I need to go for a run. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm stressed out. I need to go for a run. I am happy. I need to go for a run. Like all the emotions running. <laughs> and so, um, I, I, I ran this more, I've run three times. Um, okay. and all three times were more hikes than, mm-hmm. yeah. than run. you know, I, I'll jog a few feet and then hike mostly. So I've tried to be really intentional with my move. I want to keep moving, but not really tax my body. No, so yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. And just for our listeners, just for them to kind of have an idea, how long out is it from your 100 mile finish? Um, how long do I, so, or how long has it been since or- you finished? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's been a week and a half. It was, half. A, it was September 25th. So however many weeks, how was that last year? We're about last 10 month? days, about 10, okay. 11 Mental days. Really fresh. <laughs> Sorry. I'm making you answer our yes. question. No, don't make, don't make me ask. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So it's been about 10 days, I think. 
Okay. Do you have an, I know that you've never done this before. I don't know if other people have given you advice on how long it takes to recover. What is kind of your rough plan of, of getting back to running and how long are you going to well, stay down? So I I'm a bad example and don't take, don't take this as advice because I'm about to do something really stupid. <laughs> um, I signed up for DC peaks 50 forever ago uh-huh. and I've been super, super excited about it because it's my home trails. It's like my, it's my mountain. It's my trails. And that's on Saturday. Oh, so I am going to run 50 miles two weeks after running a hundred miles. Oh I do not recommend. I do not recommend. I know you guys are like, you're stupid. I feel like we got to have you on the pod, you know, now again, to how hear you, how that goes. Yeah. yeah you're going to have to ask my courts. Um, no, my plan, <laughs> my plan for this, for this is I'm going to be involved regardless of what happens. I'm going to decide the night before if I'm going to be at the start line and I'm going to, if I decide to start, I'm going to just go and I'm going to listen to my body and I'm going to, I'm going to stop if I need to, I don't have any problem with not finishing. Mm -hmm. Um, I finishing would be cool, but I'm going to go slow. I don't have any time goals. The only cutoff is, is at one of the aid stations. They don't have a finish cutoff. Okay. And so I, I, you know, I can, I, I'll take all night, you know, actually I probably will quit before I take all night. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if I decide that, you know what, my body needs more rest, I'm not going to do it. I'll go and do an aid station. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm really good friends with the race directors and I'll be involved somehow because it's cool. important. It's an important race to me. Like it's just, it's like home, you know? Um, yeah. so I, so I'm not going to go like, rate. I'm not going to go try to win it or, you know, set any records or even maybe, you know, I finishing would be cool, but you know, I'm just going to play it by ear really. But, um, to answer your question, aside from that stupid thing, um, (laughs) as a, as a marathon coach, I've always said you ran 26 miles. So it takes 26 days to recover. Mm. And that doesn't mean not run for 26 days, but it means to like, that's how long it's going to take your muscles to be back to hundred percent. So if that rule of thumb applies, then I would say a hundred days, but I, that's probably a pretty good estimate. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be interested to know what other ultra runners think about that. That's a good question. Um, because really it probably does take about that much time for your body to recover. Honestly, that's so. not as long as it took us. It took us about three months before we were feeling normal again after yeah. hundred. Yeah. yeah. It does depend on the ultra runner, right? Cause you have people like we always reference Mike McKnight cause we follow him really closely, um, uh-huh. who just does, you know, the triple crown, the, with the triple crown mile races. And, and, and right. so he definitely is able to recover quicker than that. So it kind of depends on the person and their fitness yeah. level. I think that's a really good, like rule of thumb is about one day per mile. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. And then, okay. To, to kind of wrap things up here, Sherry, um, we like to ask all our guests that come on the podcast, this, uh, for our listeners, um, as this is made for beginner ultra runners or people who are just looking into, um, getting into the sport, they've seen the hundreds the fifties. Um, they have some sort of desire to do it, but they're scared, uh, to get into it. Um, what kind of advice would you give to someone who said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing an ultra marathon, but I just don't know if I can really do that kind of distance. Um, first of all, I would say ease in because I know a lot of people that just jump in and then 
get burned out really fast. So I would say ease in to the, to the distance, you know, if they've done what what Jacob and I did was, was dumb. (laughs) Well, no, no, I mean, like you guys did it and you didn't get burned out. Like some people are just built this for distance, you know? And, um, but then some people are like, well, I've never, I can't tell you how many people I've talked ultra runners that were like, I never have never done a marathon. I just went right into ultra running. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, you're amazing. Um, but, but my, but I think my, the running coach, like history, like my, the way I think is take your time, ease in this year, maybe do a 50 K next year, maybe do, you know, and take some time to really build up that endurance. Um, but then also go be part of the scene, go pace, go volunteer, go crew, um, get, get to know the scene of ultra running and, um, and maybe people who want to do it have done that. And that's why they have the bug. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, but I would just say your body can do more, more than you realize. You just have to believe in it and then put in the work. So like that. So just, I do have a a couple more questions. This is just kind of to for people to find you. So first of all, if people wanted to follow your running, where can they find you? Um, I Instagram I'm piano.runner. That's my running page. And, um, it's kind of, it's kind of become my everything page, but mm-hmm. that's where I post most of my running. Okay. Piano, piano.runner on Instagram. And then and- if people wanted to find you like as a running coach or a life coach or life coach how could they get in contact um, that way? for my for my life coaching I'm going to use my piano runner um Instagram page I'm still I still haven't set up my website yet <laughs> like I said I just graduated yesterday um That's awesome. and for for running coaching it's the marathon mind with the 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 marathon mind.com um and we're also on Instagram Facebook you know, all the things. So, okay. Awesome. And then before we let you go, what's your running goals moving forward now that you did the, the big 100, you know, I, um, this was kind of, I did a lot of races this year and I really love running just because I like to run. So I think for the next year, I did sign up for Elvacare local 50 K next year because my friends are all doing it and it's, it's fun and hard and beautiful. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I, I think I'll do another hundred at some point in the future. I don't know which one, I don't know when, I don't know if it's next year, but, um, I'm just going to keep running because I love it. So there you go. (laughs) I like it. No, I I, love it. I think if you get away from that, that's when uh, the burnout happens, you know, Mm -hmm. you got to run because you love it because it's fun, you know? Yep. So anyways, well, thank you, Sherry, for joining us here on Trailer 100. Um, it's been really good conversation. I know I've taken quite a few things from it. Um, you have an inspiring story. It's, it, it was, it's thank you for sharing that You're with a phenomenal us. human, Sherry. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for joining us here on Trail to 100 and... A big thank you goes out to Sherry Shepard for joining us 
uh, for that interview, um, taking time to share her experiences. I just can't believe that her friend got ran over by a cow. Yeah. I was about to I was about to ask you what you thought what your takeaways were, Melody, and cuz I know my main takeaway is mm-hmm. be cautious around cows. Honestly, okay, that was one takeaway. <laughs> I hate hearing stories like that because I used to never be afraid of animals until we were charged by a moose. I think we shared that in one of our episodes. We were charged by moose and now I'm scared of all animals. And now we run by these cows. We run by cows all the time. And I'm like, oh, they actually do charge you. So now I'm going to be extra careful around cows. But my big takeaway was nutrition and body love. So nutrition has been the hardest thing for me. I've always had a really sensitive gut and I think I want to try this intuitive eating thing and I wonder if the reason my gut is so sensitive is because I do cut so many things out and I really loved what Sherry said about loving your body, communicating with your body. I really think it's so true and I would, I'm going to try to spend more time communicating with my body and being in tune with my body and I would encourage anyone who is a runner who's listening to this podcast and maybe try the same thing that was different I've you know we hear of a bunch of ultra runners you know really have their nutrition dialed into one particular thing their do's and their don'ts but hers was just totally like no I just go with what I feel um I would say for me um I loved how going into the hundred mile run, she was just calm and she wasn't focused on, I have to finish or else this is a failure. She knew that what she was about to embark on was a huge, you know, endeavor to do. And she knew that, you know, and the facts are a lot of things can go wrong in an ultra you know, things that are just out of your control mm-hmm. and you might not finish every ultra, you know, due to things because that many miles for that amount of time, um, it's just, you're even the best ultra runners DNF. Mm-hmm. Um, so that for me, it was just, you know, being okay with the outcome, you know, before races or, you know, things like that. And just going out there, doing your best and accepting that whatever happens happens and uh, just live the experience. Do you know what I've thought about? I've thought about incorporating meditation into my training and I feel like what she said kind of made me want to do it even more like putting it on the training schedule like 20 minutes of meditation after run to see if that would help with the, the brain game you know. Just a thought. I actually used to do that before I married you. You used to meditate? (laughs) I I did, actually. I did not know that about you. I used to go running, and I would sit on the couch, and I would turn on this meditation app, and I would meditate for like five minutes after my Mm, run. I think I'm going to try that. I like that idea. And anyways, so roommates thought I was weird, but I did it anyways. Whatever. We're ultra runners. We're used to people thinking we're weird. They didn't know what I was doing. Ultimately, it just kind of looked like I was napping anyways. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyways, 
So thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, let us know what you guys took away from sh- the Sherry Shepard interview. And if you have any questions for Sherry Shepard um, or just want to give her some feedback from her amazing story that she told today, uh, you can contact her on Instagram. It's at the piano runner or through her run coaching website, themarathonmind.com. Look us up on Trail to 100 on Instagram or Trail to 100 on Facebook, uh, where we'll share more. We'll share some highlights of Sherry as well as some pictures. So uh, join us there and look Sherry up. Follow her, the piano runner. And again, we love to get to know our listeners. So if you are listening, go ahead and send us a message, comment on a post. Just let us know who you are and what you're training for. And we just would love to get to know you and the better, yeah, and follow you. And the better we get to know you, the better we can create our content for you. So make sure you uh, follow the podcast as we have more great interviews scheduled and coming up that we are very excited about. And we will talk to you all next time.